In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we continue our series as we look at what, what has come out of the Protestant Reformation, kind of one of the biggest events in human history. I've kind of changed the landscape of how the world functions and how we look at things. We've looked at a few already, grace coming out of that, the emphasis on grace. We've looked at um, also talking about what the uh, church has done, how it totally changed it. Education is one that we haven't looked at and we probably won't get a chance to look at, but education system completely changed after the Reformation, if you didn't know that. So up until that time, it was not mandatory for your kids to go to school. And then this changes right around the, with the Germans. They say, okay, uh, during the Reformation, a child should go to school at least one or two hours a day. That was the deal. And then that shifts, actually, in our public education is directly connected. They, they did a, um, it was like 500 years, not 500 years, that would be 2,000. Um, it was like 200 years after the Reformation, they studied an area in Italy where the Reformation had not taken place. And they were still like 90% illiterate versus when you think about Germany and France and some of this where it's in England, what that literacy rate was because of kind of that change in education. It shifted over. We are, um, when I was a kid, so we're going to talk a, a little bit. This is a kind of a hard thing to get grasped, and it's kind of a Lutheran concept, which we'll talk about. Simul, justus, et peccator, and I'll get to that in a second. But first, we have to talk about uh, villains. When I was a kid, so when I was a kid, I would watch shows. So let's just start with The Lone Ranger. How many of you watched The Lone Ranger? Okay, you watch The Lone Ranger. Is, how do you know who the bad guy is in The Lone Ranger? It's really difficult to figure this out. Not only does he have a black hat, his horse is even black. Like he, they, they go, to the, black, you know, the, they go to, to the evil horse recruiting area, and they get this horse that's black. And then The Lone Ranger, of course, it's, he's got a white hat, and then his horse is white. And, you know, take out even the impracticalities of that. Is it practical to wear all black in the sun of Colorado? Could you imagine in the summer? Like that, and then I'm like, oh, the white guys are way smarter, you know, the, the guys with the white. And, but if you worked on a ranch, would you want to wear all white? Like, that's ridiculous, too. So none of, these, none of these make sense. I mean, what makes sense is the modern villain that wears a cape and a mirrored mask. This is, this is in a scepter. I mean, that's, that's obviously the way to do this. So this is Cobra Commander. You can tell that he's obviously evil. I mean, it's so obvious when you'd watch the cartoons, if you watch the cartoons. This is going to completely date me as I use my example. So if you have better ones, help me out here. So this is his sidekick, Destro. And obviously, Destro is also evil and impractical because who doesn't wear a large chain with a dog collar and a metal face. Like this is, there is no practicality involved with evil villain outfits. Just think about all the evil villains, you know, you're not like, they're just, these are not comfortable. They're not wearing like, you know, like uh, uh, Rockport shoes or something like that. There are lots of heavy boots, lots of, lots of gloves are going on. But it was really obvious, at least when you'd watch cartoons when I was a kid, who was bad and who was good. So this'll, this 90 minutes, who remembers this? Nah, 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 nah. Right? Gargamel is bad. Everyone knows Gargamel is bad. And even if you watch that show, I mean, just, I mean, if you know the show, he invents Smurfette, essentially, to try and lure these Smurfs, which aren't even very big. I can't imagine there's a lot of meat on the bones. But he really wanted to eat the Smurfs. He was really into it. And you'd think he'd get into nightshades and, you know, vegetables like that since he lived in the woods. But he does not. He wants to eat a Smurf. And they even make her with black hair. So if you watch the show, before she turned into Smurfette, of course. So it's really kind of obvious who is bad and who is good. And this made it very simple, you know, who to cheer for. And, you know, you cheer for the guy even though he's surrounded because bad guys have a code. Do they ever beat him? No, bad guys have a code, right? They only attack one at a time. That's, that's their, they'll steal things. They'll do all these bad things. But you only attack the good guy one person at a time. 
And so this all became very obvious, kind of. Is Darth Vader bad or good? He is like top 10 villain of all time. Except, I mean, most of you have seen the show, and if I'm spoiling it for you, like, crawl out from under a rock, okay? So, <laughs> so Darth Vader, you know, is bad, and this was like a pivotal moment for me when you figure out, like, Luke is his son in his last moment on Earth, as far as, or probably not even on Earth, where were they? <laughs> Somehow in the future, but way in the past because they fight with swords, you know? Like, I don't know why they do this, but so they're fighting, and what does he do? He takes on the emperor to save his son's life, right? So this is his last moment. Darth Vader's last moment is a moment of good and a sense that he says, I wanna, I'm sorry for what I've done. The beauty of that character, though, is when they go back and tell the backstory, is you see that was, was Anakin Skywalker always bad? You know, he had an edge to him, and it was always like, is he going to go this way or this way? And of course, you know the future, and they have the shadow with like Darth Vader in the back, and you've seen that picture, but... You get to see like he's just angry and he's a product of his environment and he kind of harnesses that anger and then the emperor works in and like works this and, and now I'm probably saying names wrong, but you see this transformation where he changes and it's not so obvious if you root against Darth Vader, you root for him. Now Disney is probably the most obvious of saying who's bad and who's good. I mean, when your name is Devil, Cruella DeVille, I mean, this is not very sneaky, and no one would want dog skins anyway, so I don't know why that makes sense. But obviously, she is evil. Maleficent, is she bad or... She's evil, right? Very clearly, anybody with horns in all black and a green face is bad. But then the new movie, what do you call it, live action? There's a little bit of a backstory to it. This is getting confusing. They've kind of embraced this idea of a flawed character. And I think the best example is the newest cartoon. Is anyone, I think it's the new, it's not even the newest one. Muana is the newest one, right? Has anyone seen Frozen? Frozen, Frozen made me angry. A, because usually I like to predict these movies and they're really pretty predictable, right? And you're like, ah, oh, this is what's gonna happen. Frozen tricked me, partly because the main character is not very likable. So it's like Elsa and Anna, right? And Elsa, would you say Elsa is likable? How many, uh, how many of your heart like broke when you saw Anna outside her door just like, hey, do you want to build a snowman? I'm like, oh, I got two daughters. I'm like, what would I do if my other daughter's just like, hey, let's just hang out and the other one's just giving the cold shoulder. <laughs> right? I mean, like, but the part that made me the most angry is this guy. Like, was there any clues whatsoever? There's no foreshadowing. There was no secret talking to evil guys. There was no, like, black cape. There was no metal face. Like, did you have any idea this guy was, like, one of the biggest dirtballs in all of Disney movies? And you did not. So they, they kind of embraced this character that's a little bit mixed. And I want to give you one more example from TV. Uh, this is played by Brian Cranston. I've, I have not seen more than, like, two episodes of this. This is from Breaking Bad. So I started to watch it. I'm not saying like, hey, I'm too holy to watch this. So I started to watch it, and I was rowing at the time. I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch the whole series while I row for these ridiculously boring. Imagine on a rower, you don't go anywhere for like an hour. And, and so I said, hey, I'll watch the whole series. I started to watch it, my stomach would just turn. And I'm like, I cannot, I can't do this. Like, I couldn't, I can't do this. So I had to change to watch Frozen to get, you know, so like to get me pumped up against evil and villains. 
So Brian Cranston, here's the story, though, and I followed it because it's kind of a cultural phenomenon. So he plays, I, can't, I don't even know his, uh, his character name, but he plays the character. He is a, um, a chemist, I believe, and he works at a high school. And the backstory is he did some uh, epic work that actually won, I think, a Nobel Prize. So his, the people he worked with, but no one's nodding to make sure. So I'll just keep talking confidently. So his colleagues, former colleagues, made a bunch of money. He did not. Now he's a high school teacher doesn't really like his job, and he has two years, they think, to live, and he has no money to give to his family. So it starts out, he's a protagonist. He's the guy you want to kind of win, except to win, you know what he does. He starts cooking meth. And, and so now you're kind of, what do you do? What do you think? And so he gets to be known as Heisenberg later on, and the show, over time, if you've watched the series, I think it's six seasons or something, gets darker and darker and darker and darker, and this is a word from one of the authors. I don't know if you say, I, I can't imagine he goes by Gilligan, so I'm thinking he has to go by like Gilligan or something like that just to change it. Gilligan, Gilligan, we're going to call him. But this is one of the authors. He's going from being a protagonist to an antagonist. We want to make people question who they're pulling for and why. And it's just not so clear anymore, right? When you just look at people, it's not so clear who's good and who's bad. We run into that even when uh, we talked about that with the election. There is no, Jesus is not running for president, so now you just have to weigh this out. Like there's no, very obviously this person is good and this person is bad. It's not like that anymore. And we're trying to figure out, are you good or bad? Like when you think about yourself, are you good or bad? When we read Scripture and we read the promises, the Bible tells us we're good. The Bible tells us that we stand forgiven. The Bible tells us we, we are holy. We, it says we've been covered up as far as the east is from the west. There, our sins are gone. It says that we are God's cherished child. It says we are dearly loved. It says we're like princes and, and kings and we're the sons and daughters of the king. And it, it says you are holy. You're white. You're a saint. So, I mean, if we picture it, I think I had a picture in between here, but when you look at the Bible, there's a mixture too, though. Obviously, the devil is bad. We'd say Cain is probably bad. We never knew him after that. He killed his brother. Ahab is married to Jezebel. These are like the worst of the worst, as you talk about it. Judas is obviously bad. Get to King Herod, who killed, had ordered babies to be killed. This guy is not any good. So you'd think, okay, where, where are very clear heroes Adam and Eve, are they good or bad? We'd like to say, yeah, they trusted God's promises, but at the same time, they brought sin into the world. So what, where do they sit? Noah, after being on a boat for a year, uh, grows vines. So you're like, way to go. Like he cultivates vines, and he makes wine, and then gets wasted. Uh, Abraham, this is all in the Bible. Abraham, and you'd say, this is the father of all the Jewish people. This is a great person. But let me just tell you a few things about Abraham. One, he takes on a lover has another child outside of his marriage vow, and then his wife was so beautiful that he didn't want to um, be killed himself. So when they went to different countries, he would say, this is my sister. So then they would treat him right so that the king could get with his sister. But that's his wife. Like, he does this more than once. This is Abraham. You know, the stories go on and on. What about Isaac? Oh, he does the same thing to his wife when they go to a new country, he says, yeah, this is my sister because he's watching out for his own skin. How does that make this? That's pretty romantic, right? Hey, just for today, pretend you're my sister. That, that is never a good statement in a marriage ever. Like, I'm like, that's just weird all around. Like, there's nothing 
There's nothing good that comes out of that. Jacob, they have a, he has a son, so Isaac very obviously had a favorite son. It was not Jacob. He loved Esau, but they have Jacob anyway. His favoritism ruins the whole, uh, the whole dynamic of the family, never sees his parents again, and he has to leave. And why? Because of sin. Like, are these good characters or bad? What about David? I mean, David, it literally says in the Bible he's a man after the Lord's own heart. Yet he contracts murder, has an affair, and he does so many things where you're like, I cannot believe this. Like, it's just not so clear. So again, I ask you, are you good or bad? We'd like to say, yes, I feel really good. I'd like to be that white hat guy, right? And like, I'm, I am holy and I am innocent. And though my sins were like scarlet, they're like washed in snow. That's what it says in the Bible. But I think there's a lot of days I feel more kind of like that. When you, when you think about like the things you've done and the things you said, not like long ago things. I mean, not all that long ago. When you think about these things that you struggle with, the, the way you've treated your kids, do you respect your parents? And even as an adult, have you always shown respect to your parents? Are you giving your best effort? And I think if I always give my best effort to the church I work for, have I always loved my spouse the way I should? Have I always taken care of my kids like I should? Or is a lot of these decisions I make come kind of back to my own selfishness? The Bible says we are forgiven and Jesus has taken our guilt away. And I think that's really a beautiful statement. And it's true in God's courtroom, if we'd stand before him, he'd say, your guilt is gone. But I don't think the feeling of guilt disappears too easily because I just think about my own behavior. There's a proverb that's quoted. It's in Proverbs, but it's also quoted by the Apostle Peter. He says, of them the Proverbs is true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. You know, it's kind of ridiculous any when you have a dog and if you watch your dog at home, you wash the dog up and you're like perfect and then you see your dog roll on the grass. Does that happen to you? Is it just my dog? Right? This is it. You do all these things like, oh, finally taken care of and it goes out. And I wish as a human being that's not how it worked, right? You're forgiven of a sin. It'd be, like, it'd be awesome if that sin was behind you forever and yet somehow you crawl back to your own vomit. Right? God, God washes you clean and you just cling to that and you go back to it and you go back to it and you go back to it. I don't know about you, but I don't always feel so holy. And so Martin Luther, at the time of the Reformation, tried to get an idea of how do you explain this? And they came up with a Latin phrase, simul justus et peccator, which is saying, at the very same time, we are just and we are holy and we're a sinner the exact same time and you can't just say okay that's part of my past and i want you to look at how the apostle paul talks about he's not saying in the past this is how it used to be instead this is a current thing that he's struggling with so i find this law at work although i want to do good evil is right there with me for in my inner being i delight in god's law which is good i want to do good but i see another law at work in me waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. This is happening right now. What a wretched man am I who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Simul justus et peccator. 
simul just means at the exact same time. We have that word simultaneously. Justus just means holy. So at the same time, holy. And et, I heard one person say, is that the past tense of eat? It just means and. So simul justus et peccator. I think we get the peccator part. I mean, I think we'd like to think we get rid of this sin, but it never actually happens. I think we get the holy part, but how does that work in our life? Martin Luther had a quote. Eventually. Whatever sins I, you, and all of us have committed or may commit in the future, they are as much Christ's own as if he himself had committed them. This, this whole statement is the, the sense of the gospel. God is not saying, I want you to get better and better and better and better and better and better and better, and now you're okay. There's no tryouts. God is saying, right now you're okay. All the things you've done, all the things you said, it's imputed is the word they use, that Christ has taken all these sins from us and he's put them on himself and he's paid for them completely on the cross. So where does that make you stand on the last day? And I think that's where we'll finish up. When you stand before God and you say, God, my sins are are taken away, does that mean God just remembers your good things? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great if the people you knew only remembered the good things you've done? Wouldn't it be great if you think about your teacher and they just remember all the good things you've done? I mean, just imagine Darth Vader here and you're like, I loved how you took took one for the team for your son. Let's just forget about it. Is that how it works on the last day, that God just... He forgets your sins and he only remembers your good things. God remembers when you've been a decent spouse and when you've been a good father and you've been a good employee. Is that what God remembers? Is your tryout just mean all your bad things are erased and you stand before God with the good things you've done? No. At the end of time, when you stand before God, not only are your sins taken away, but when God looks at you, he doesn't remember your, your feeble good works and your feeble attempts to impress him. Christ's love has been poured completely into you. And so when God looks at you, he, he sees the innocence of Jesus and he says all the perfect things that Christ has done in your place so you can stand before him. Yes, a sinner, but forgiven. Amen. Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we struggle with who we are. I mean, we, in the world, we try and trust people with uh, that we're good employees, that we're good providers, that we're, we're good at certain sports. We try and press all the world, and we'd love people just to see these good things. In fact, we work so hard to present ourselves as the, the good things we've done, but instead, those, even those good things are like filthy rags, you tell us in the Scripture. So help us have a, our brain around the gospel in our heart around the gospel that says, even though uh, you see exactly who we are, you delight in us, not because of what we've done, not because of who we are, in spite of who we are, because of your grace and your love and your forgiveness. We're at the same time, we're a sinner, we know that, but at the same time, we stand before you completely forgiven. It's not a day that's going to come. It's something that's already come right now. In this joy, help us always live just for you.